Hello and welcome to episode 94 of VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell. Um, it's out on VIP Boxing YouTube. Subscribe to that. Leave a review. Fantastic. Also find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, you know me, Steve Lillis, and you know John Evans there and his Chicago Bells. What is it? Base? No, NFL helmet. I don't know these yeah. American sports. And it's a proper poster behind him anyway, so we'll give him that. <laughs> Even he's not American football's not a proper sport, but there you go. Anyway, <laughs> that's for me to have my opinion, and everyone disagrees with me as usual. Um, anyway, look, a special um edition of Bell to Bell this weekend or this week. Special guest guest is unbeaten Liverpool cruiserweight. No, sorry, Nathan Corliss, <laughs> the nephew of uh, the um 1980s uh. Um, Liverpool lip himself, Noel Corliss. Um, and instead of doing six rounds, there's a subject we're going to talk about at the end there. Um, when Nathan wants to share his story and it's to be worth listening, we'll ask a couple of questions. And anyone's listening might get some help from this if, if they, they are suffering um, with this. I tell you, we'll call, we'll call it an illness because it is an addiction. Uh, but we're going to talk about that later on. Um, anyway, first of all, thanks for coming on, Nathan. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm great. Um, is it 11 and 0 now? 11 and 0, yeah. Yeah, so um, how's your injury clearing up? Is it clearing up? Are you going to be back in March or April? Because, you know, you're getting closer to a, maybe a central area title fight. I think that title's vacant. Yeah, um, I had the operation on the 23rd of September or the 26th. Um, I've been going through my rehab slowly and um I come out my sling last week, my arm, I can almost straighten it fully. So I reckon I've got another three weeks until I can start punching on it again. Yeah. So when do you think you'll be back in the ring? Um I'm well I'm hoping March, some point in March or early April, and then get that fight out the way and then push on for, for big fights like we were looking for before the injury. Yeah. Nathan, I've probably worked on most of your fights on VIP, and you've yeah. always looked like you've had um you've probably listened to it if you watch them back. You've always looked like you've got that little extra touch of class and ability than a lot of prospects who come through. And at cruiserweight, you'll move quickly, won't you, once you're fit and active. When yeah, you're watching definitely. these people like Jack Massey getting into big fights now, how far away do you think you are from people like that? Um, well, I was hoping, you know, to to start pushing on. After the MS Arena show, I was, I was supposed to fight Michael Webster, you know, two unbeaten lads, and obviously the one who won that went on to, to the bigger things. But obviously, that didn't work out. Something to do with his injury. And so we end up fighting Tony Vlasic instead, which was, again, was still a good win for me. Um, and, you know, that we were supposed to move on after that fight. And with the injury now, it just it's put me back. But we're still going to be looking. Me and Woods, you spoke the other day. Um, summer, we we want to look for big fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll crack on talking about a few little topics. Now, is there anything else you wanted to add there, John? Sorry. No, no, it's just um, Nate, Nate Cruiserweight. It is a division that's wide open, isn't it? And at the minute, it's one of the most exciting and entertaining. It, it used to be a bit of a afterthought, didn't it? Cruiserweight, you know, the, the people who can't make heavyweight. But in the last few years. With the Super Series, with Akoli, with Chamberlain, with Billum Smith, 
it's a popular division and there's yeah. big money and big opportunities. So Nathan looks like he's got, got the ability to make a bit of an impact yeah. if he can just get some momentum going. Yeah. And you know what, John? Also, I mean, I've been out domestically, but for the last 25, 30 years, it's been one of the most exciting divisions globally. Oh, yeah. It's been a procession of wars. You know, it's been a fantastic division. As you know, my favourite, Carl Thompson, was a cruiserweight. The most exciting British fighter of the last 35 years. Without a shadow of a doubt, in my mind, absolutely loved the cat. What, what a fighter he was. What a fighter. I mean, you talk about fighters, John, being matched. I think something like his third fight, he was fighting Crawford Ashley. When they were both novices, that's how that's how people were matched up then. But anyway, we're not gonna we're not gonna go back to the eighties. But John, first I want to talk about um your pal Denzel Bentley against Janabek. I don't know if you've spoken to Denzel since the weekend. Spoken to Denzel, yeah. How is he? Messages, absolutely gutted. That's how Denzel is. You know, he he's not one of these. You know, Denzel. You've spoken to him. He's not one of these people who's taking um. The positives from it, you know, he did well and everyone thinks it was a brave attempt. Well done, Denzel. You can come back from it. He's absolutely gutted that he lost. He thought he went over thinking he was going to win. Now, last week we spoke, he had a mountain to climb, didn't yeah. he? And we were wondering how he was going to do it. And I tell you what, you, you can be proud of people, you know, and very proud of the way Denzel approached that. I thought he boxed brilliant, boxed out of his skin. And he might not be coming back to England with a world title belt, but he's coming back a world-class fighter. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was brilliant, Denzel. I don't know if you've seen the fight at all, Nathan, but something John touched on that Denzel's told him, and, you know, John does speak to Denzel and John are quite close, so what he says to John certainly won't be, you know, you know, just for the sake of it to speak to a journalist. Um, when, when Denzel says... You know, he doesn't like he doesn't want to be want to be known as uh, the unlucky loser. As something you might you you're identified as a boxer, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, I, I did watch the fight. I watched it. Um, I did watch it this morning. Um, I think the other fella he picked up an early lead, didn't he? But he come back strong, and you know what, he got to hold his head up there, and he's shown that. He is on the world level. I I enjoyed the performance, and he was unlucky. You know what I mean? He, he he um he adapted halfway through the fight and and started causing the lad problems and you know, I thought it was a really good performance. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, you look back from from Marcus Morrison. What I was going to say, and I, I look back, and I look suddenly back fighting there in Vegas against the most feared middleweight on the planet. And yeah, like we said, we asked um, John Pegg how he'd approach it, didn't we? Because we yeah. thought we this is going to this mm. is an impossible task and fair play to him he did it it. exactly like Nathan said then halfway through he just thought fuck this I'm behind we've got to turn it round and he did and like the last seven or eight rounds he got the better of it yeah you you know what also I look back now you had that shootout with Marcus Morrison for a round or so before he really got on top and I think how did he lose to Felix Cash now you know, in I'm not saying lose to Felix Cash but be absolutely taken apart in three rounds I mean, is it? Whereas Felix has not struggled; he hasn't displayed that form since, you know. But there, there you go. Well, it's an eye. It's an eye-opening result, that isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, one where you know you you wonder that you know. Look, it just shows in boxing. It isn't like a lot of sports because someone blasts you out in three rounds. It certainly doesn't mean that someone else is going to. And that, that that's part of the the, the 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 drama and love of boxing, really. But uh, yeah, look, well, Nathan, try. can you can you imagine what it takes, you know, from 
being a boxer, from coming yeah. up at domestic level, and all of a sudden you get offered, offered a world title opportunity against the best in the world, can you put yourself in that position? Like Denzel didn't think twice about it. He said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm fighting. Well, what, he, he what, showed, what's that mindset? He yeah, he showed balls there. He showed massive balls just from British level to straight to, you know, no no European title fights, no, you know, on the fringe world level. He's went straight in. And you know what? I take my ass off to him. He, he put up a great fight and he's shown what level he is. Have you seen any of these real good fighters and noticed that difference? Yeah, Spad. You know, I've, I've always been around decent sparring camps, even from like when I very first turned over. And, you know, you, you don't half learn a lot from you know, the likes of Huey Fury, Marty Askin, and, and, and people like that. Um, you, you notice, you do notice the difference. It's it's crazy when you first look on as well, when you like when you first turn pro, how fit some of these lads are. And um I, I used I used how, you know, from like the Fiori's and for, for my last fight was supposed to be a ten rounder. I used the experience I got from them and see how see how they sparred and I brought it into that camp. So, you know, it it doesn't half help you being being around, you know, world level fighters. Yeah, I'd say what what and Hopefully, John might be able to persuade Denzel to come on the next couple of weeks. I don't know whether he's going on holiday or anything, or whether he's off to buy his house in Battersea now. But uh, <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to leave you tasked with that one, Mr. Evans, to try and get him on again. Yeah, we'll get Denzel on, yeah. One guy who did um, re remain a world champion this weekend, Sonny Edwards, um, retained his IBF flyweight title against Felix Alvarado. Um, I had the fight pretty close, but... It doesn't mean it wasn't a brilliant performance from Sonny because I think, you know, what people say, you know, oh, he was getting pushed but in, in the latter stage of that fight. But you know what? He come, he, he beat a really good fighter the other night. And I think that I've got nothing but credit for Sonny. That performance I thought was wonderful the other night. It was absolutely brilliant uh, to beat someone like Alvarado so handily. Did you watch it, John? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. It, it was typical Sonny for a few rounds, wasn't it? But then Alvarado put it on him. Yeah. Def he definitely won a few rounds. Oh, I had, seen, I had it 7-5 at the end. I've seen people say it was a masterclass and Sonny yeah. proved himself. It wasn't. He had to see a different side to Sonny there. He had to bite down a little bit because there was times on the ropes he was getting clipped. And we it wasn't the singing, dancing, moving about Sonny, was it? It was it was a gritty, proper world-class fighter. And yeah, full credit to him there. It was a, a good, good fight yeah. as well. You know what? If he can get Martinez and Bam Rodriguez next year and beat them both, that really, if he come through both of them, I think it would really set his stall as an elite world champion. I mean, I know not everyone loves Sonny. I, I like him, but, um, you know, he, he knows how to sell himself. I don't know. What's your opinions of Sonny Edwards, Nathan? Yeah, you know, I didn't didn't catch his fight on the weekend, but, you know, I like him. I yeah. think he's a, he's a good boxer and I tend to like boxers because you know I'm not I'm not like a brawler type fighter and he's silky and you know it's it's he he moves around the ring well and I I enjoy watching him and you know he's he always shows his class in the fights and he's he's quite funny on Twitter as well so <laughs> I don't mind him yeah you wouldn't take him you're taking any cruise away but you wouldn't take Sonny Edwards on Twitter would you <laughs> no. No, he's, he's absolutely so. unbeatable, isn't 
He's unbe- he, can't, you know, he can't beat Sonny on Twitter. And I just thought, I was really pleased with that. I thought it was a really pleasing performance the other night from him. And I, I just want to see what happens the next 12 months with Martinez and Bam Rodriguez. Nathan, can you give for people who are watching this, you know, Sonny's not, he got clipped more than normal at weekend. But give yeah. for people at home an idea of just how difficult it is to do what Sonny does, where he can go 12 rounds and not take a not take a clean punch, can't he? Just how difficult yeah. is that for the people at home? No, yeah, it is. It, it is difficult. You you literally got to be switched on from the off. Literally switched on every punch, every little twitch, and I try try and do it myself. When when I when I box Collins, I, I tried. I was you know coming into rounds disappointed. I was getting caught too much, uh, and you know it's so it is literally so hard to to go even sparring or or fighting how much skill and time and goes into not being able to get it. I mean, it's just, um, it's just such a, an art than these guys, these great fighters who know when they, when you throw a punch, they know you're missing by a centimeter, how they can read. It. And I think I've said on this podcast often when this sort of topic comes up, John, you've heard it. Um, when Michael Jennings fought Miguel Cotto, um, yeah. For the first round, he was in there. He got caught by a jab, and he was seeing a few stars. But he said, well, I thought, I'm okay here. I'm throwing my punches, and I'm missing by the barest minimum amount, even though he's popping back. Give me a round or two, and they'll be catching him. Then halfway through the second round, it dawned on him, this guy, you know, I've been beating good guys, but this guy has read me where my punches are going to go. It, it's absolutely, you know, it's only great fighters that can do that, I think. What? One of the things that made me laugh, I spoke to Mike about that night and I said, um, the typical question, you know, you lost Mike, but but what an experience when you look back, you know, Madison Square Garden, Miguel Cotto, it must have been incredible. And he went, no, I hated every single second of it. He said, I got beat up and we all wanted to kill me. He said, it I does. hated it. Like, mate, it was, <laughs> as I said before, it's one of the nights that always stays me in boxing that I've been at. I was there, Nathan. And uh, what it was like, um, I've not, John, there was the Irish middleweight who was on the bill. Who lived oh, in, was it John Duddy? John Duddy, an Irish middleweight. She got Madison Square Garden full of, um, Mex- of Puerto Ricans, an Irishman, and there's an Englishman coming out to box against a Puerto Rican <laughs> idol. Can you imagine what it like? And then he has anarchy in the UK by the Sex Pistols as his ring walk music. <laughs> It, it, it was it was nasty in there. It was nasty, and I think a few a few of his family or his friends were weren't treated too well in there either. But just one one fight. We'll have a quick speak about before we go on to to Nathan's uh, subject tonight. Um, John Liam Davis, Ironut Baluta, European Super Bantamweight title this weekend. Tremendous match, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, got spoke to Liam the other day. He's a good lad, Liam. Um, he knows it's going to be an, a big, a good fight. He thinks he's the underdog, Liam. You know, he's not... When I spoke to him, he didn't come on saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. He said, I'm the underdog and it's a it's a good fight. Um, Liam looked really good against Mark Leach, didn't he? Yeah, surprisingly. Really good. Surpri- he looked I like a proper, a proper British champion who could go on to another level. But Miss Baluta, he gave Michael Conlon hell, didn't he? He's, he's beat Oliver Joyce. He's a right handful and you know he's going to come for it. So Liam's going to have his hands full, but I thought Liam looked like a, a fighter on the rise against Leach, and you I expect what? him to probably win. 
You know what? I wasn't sold on him until the Leach fight. I thought that night Leach would win comfortable. Really thought, fancied him to win big that night. But what do I know? But what you might have noticed there, Nathan, when John says I was speaking to Liam, he speaks to everybody, this guy. Yeah. John Evans, he speaks to everyone, doesn't you, mate? Eh? <laughs> but oh, is, is Liam Davis a good name to drop? Hey, mate, he's going to be in anywhere. He could be European super bantamweight champion. So, in the space of um, about eight minutes on this podcast, you've been speaking to Denzel Bantley since his world title. Michael Jennings and Michael Liam Jennings. Yeah, yeah, I don't know whether you and Sa- you must probably be going out with Sonny Edwards, you're going to tell me next. I'll tell you what, someone else, someone who not Nathan might, have, I don't know if you sparred with him or not, someone else I was speaking to who looked really good at weekend, David Adelai. Yeah, I have sparred, I have sparred David, yeah, a while back down what at... What um, do you think of David, Nathan? He's a powerful lad, isn't he? Yeah. Powerful lad, yeah. Um, it's a couple of years ago now when I was, I think, I can't remember who, 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 who he was fighting. Um, but yeah, he, we, we only done a couple of couple of rounds. It was more like get two rounds in after you, after you finish sparring Huey and... They were good rounds and I enjoyed them. You know, you got someone, I'm, I'm the boxer and, you know, he's the powerful heavyweight. So it was good trying to, like, do my thing as well as, obviously, him doing his thing. But, again, it was all good experience. And I think that's when when it gets tough, you know, you, you, look, at back, you look back at spars like that and realise that you can, you can go through it and do what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, you speak of David there, John. One thing, the last since the last two, maybe three fights, he's really improved, hasn't he? Oh, Whereas yeah. people were unsure about it, and he's now looking, uh, you know, he's a long, long way to go, but he's now looking across a heavyweight who could do well for himself out of the sport. Yeah, who, but he fought a, a foreigner, didn't he? And the guy in the front and could have lost the decision. Yeah, yeah. Sosolowski. What a good win that is early in your career. Yeah. Yeah. Massive, On Saturday, he looked really, Adelaide looked really good. He looked big. He looked aggressive. He looked fit. He, I thought he looked the part on Saturday night. Yeah, he, he's for real. Well, he's looking for real anyway. But we'll kick on and we want to talk something that um, Nathan come on to on the pod to talk about. You know, you may have heard about it, read about it, but I want to talk to you about um, issues you've had, Nathan. And you, you, you're going to share your gambling story with us about addiction. Yeah, um, I had a gambling addiction battled through it for a few years. Um, it was what wants to come on today, just to, you know, if anyone else who's listening has any problems or like they're, they're, they're in the same, they were in the same boat with, with gambling, you know, to, to seek help. And, you know, I, I got help and it, it changed my life and probably saved my life as well. But um, it, it started when I was like 17. Just like as the usual, you know, young lad throwing your little accumulators on ten pound there, it's five pound there, and then just when I got to about nineteen, it's just like I had like a series of big wins, and you know, from from the big wins, it just like took over from me. Then every like every waking minute was just gambling, gambling. Um, as soon as I get paid at like midnight, I'd have a win money or I'd lose you know, the whole lot. And uh, it was a battle through that for, for a fair few years. And it, it wasn't really till I, till I hit rock bottom in, I think it was 2018, you know, I, I thought, you know what, I've got to change now. This I can't keep, 
you know, living like this. I think I'd done like 14 grand in three days and I was earning a grand a month at the time. So it was just, it was crazy. Uh, spoke to me mum and dad about it and uh, end up getting help from from Beacon Council and Trust and went from there. And then when I thought, you know, I'm in a better position, you know, you look at boxing and you see how, how much it's heavily advertised by, you know, gambling sponsors and stuff. I thought, you know, with with the with me being a boxer and stuff, I, I I felt I had an obligation to to try and get my, you know, voice out there and you know any way I can, even if it was just one person I could help. So um, I started doing a little bit of work with Beacon with Beacon Counseling Trust and done a couple of events like speaking in front of like hundred people. Um, and then the last one I done was about two months ago for the Merseyside VRP and done a speech in front of about 150 people. And um, yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy doing the speeches because I know it can help people and I don't mind sharing my story as like as painful as it can be, as long as it can help other people. I, I'm not, I like, don't really care about sharing it. So where was you getting your, your when you said you did 14,000 pound in three days and you was only yeah. earning a thousand pound a month. Where was you getting the money from? Credit cards, that sort of thing. Loan sharks. Um, at the at the time, it was payday loans, yeah. So like, you you'd lose your money, and then and you could go on go on your phone and go on Wonga, and then 30, 40 seconds later, you got the money in your bank. So um, I just literally blitzed blitzed the Wongas, blitzed uh, me overdraft, and just tried to keep winning me money back, and I. Obviously, it never goes to where you want it to go, do you? So I just end up in a massive hole. You know what? When you said you spoke to your, your mum and stuff about it, did, did they yeah. have any inkling or did you manage to keep it secret, Nathan? Um, well, I'd, I'd spoke to them previously about it, like the year before, and uh, I had stopped I had stopped for the year. And it was Chelt- when Cheltenham was on, that was like usually like the hardest part for me because I loved, I loved the horses. Um, but then, because I was betting on the horses, I was also betting on the casino, and that's where that's where I'd do the most damage was on like the roulette and stuff. So when I told them, it was like I'd I'd already told them the year before and I had the relapse, so I, I proved to myself that I couldn't do it on my own. I had to to you know get help from professionals, and obviously because I'd let them down and let myself down, I thought it was the best way to go about it and you know I've been doing well the past few years and you know it I only I only would have got there if I would have if I would have spoke out. Crazy isn't it? Did you um when you know have you managed to pay all the money back now do you still are you are you still in debt? Yeah I, I paid it back. Um I think I end up in about six six seven grand's debt um after you know doing the 14 grand it was like wins and losses putting it back in and then paying stuff off um i think it took me around about a year year and a half to pay it all off um so you know i'm i'm in a good place now and um you know boxing's starting to take off for me as well so the the worries of like of the past and, and stuff are, are gone really so i feel like i'm in a good position to to share my story at any can, time I can. Can you, can you sum up the weight that's off your shoulders, Nathan? 
Do you, I, like, how do you feel every day now compared to how you did in 2015 or something? Can you even compare it? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy most of, most of the time anyway, unless someone does me head in. Um, <laughs> but when I, was, when I was gambling, I, uh, you know, it was weird because you sort of become like, sort of become a bit of an actor on the slide. You know, you put a mask on as soon as you get up and, you know, you, you're trying to make, you know, you're trying to be like the, the lively one in the room or, you know, the jokey one because you don't want people to think, oh, what's wrong with him? Why, why is he look upset? So you sort of like put a mask on through the day and then when you get in bed, that's when you, you know, or when you're on your own, that's when you start, you know, thinking about or, or like the bad things that you wanted to do to yourself. And um, I'm just glad that I don't have to go through that anymore because it was hard and, you know, little bits of anxiety, depression and stuff. And, you know, it wasn't good for, you know, I think it was like 22 at the time and, you know, they're like the best day, you know, the best days of your life. You're still young. You should be enjoying your life and stuff. And I was like, I had a big rain cloud over me head. Yeah, and it's funny because you talk about that with, with, with gambling, with um, advertising in sport. Um, um, there was a VIP show the other day on Sporty Stuff TV, um, which John commentated on all about six hours and I worked on. And a week beforehand, Tyson Fury said he would not do an interview for sporty stuff there on the night. When we asked through Jimmy Harrington, a good friend of his, he come back, said, I'll do something for VIP TV, whatever. I won't speak to sporty stuff because they're backed by gamblers. And he won't have any, yeah. whenever he's been approached for gambling sponsorship, sort of thing, he's refused every single one because he's so anti-gambling. Tyson, yeah. whether he's been there or experienced it, I don't know, but it's something he doesn't go around publicly saying, but he feels really strong about gambling and advertising in sport on that. But just want to ask you something here. I was someone who went through alcohol issues and AA. What do you say to this, um, Nathan, when drug addiction and alcohol addiction is seen as an illness? Do you see gambling addiction as an illness along that path where you need the 12-step program? Yeah, I do think it is an illness. I think because it's because it's not like a physical. Uh, you know, you can look at someone who's got an alcohol, like who's got a, who's an alcoholic, oh, and go drug up, addiction. Yeah, drunk, you know what I mean. Or like when someone's got a um, a drug addiction, you can see it physically on them. But with the gambling, it's not. It's not. But you are addicted to a substance which is dopamine, which is you know, which your brain releases itself. So. You're addicted to a chemical that's in your own body, um, so I do think I do think it's an illness. But I, I also, in my personal opinion, and it, this might not be for everyone, but I always, and I would never give up and say uh, not give up. I would never like say, oh, I I'm I'm not at fault because I've got an illness. I always thought it was me who done the bet. It was me who pressed the buttons. It was me who got yeah. the loans. Um, I always took full responsibility for it, but I do think it is an illness as well. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, no, I'll tell you what, Nathan, you, you've done unbelievable, haven't you, to get yourself a pack? I, I, I yeah. can't imagine it. I know Steve's spoke yeah. about things he's had before, and I've, I'm lucky I've never been involved yeah. in that, but I can't imagine, yeah. the, like I just said, the weight that's off your shoulders and yeah. going about your yeah. day to day life having beat that. It must be crazy. <laughs> I, yeah, I, love I, hearing these, I love hearing these shares from people because I've been there 
And I just always love hearing the shares. And when you said you wanted to talk about it, I said to John, let's forget the usual and just do this tonight. It's, it, it, you yeah. know, it's hearing your story. Sorry, you got, I rudely interrupted you there, Nathan. No, no, that was me. Um, I was just saying it was, it's my first ever um, pro day. I think it was the pro debut. I think it was in the BT Convention Centre. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I got paid on, by obviously got paid on the Saturday. And by the, I think Cheltenham was the following few days. So two days later, my first ever fight pass got put in the bookies. Yeah. Do, do, that, do you go, yeah. oh, that, and did you stop betting after that? How many of your fight purses went to the bookmakers? Just that one, yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah, that, was, that was in 2018, Mar um, March, it was, yeah. So you've been pretty. If you have, if you stop just after that, you've been, shall we say, clean for three years. Yeah, that's brilliant. So do you go on one day at a time, as your belief as well? Like if someone says to me, "Will you drink again?" I always say, "I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I just get up in the morning, yeah. and I'm not going to do it that day." Joe, you know what I, I I did do that for a while, um, and then I think about a year in when I was getting, you know, getting the help and stuff. I. I started struggling mentally, not being able to like being able to live my life the way I wanted to because <clears throat> you spent the past four years gambling, so like my life was always up and down, and then just being able to live on like the straight and narrow, I should say, like it, I really found it difficult. You know, not ever not having any real ups and downs, and that took me a while to, you know, to figure out how you know, how I wanted to feel and stuff. So by the end of it, in, instead of counting like my days and, and saying, oh, tomorrow's like, I'm going to do this. I, I totally sort of blanked it all out. And right. that's not to say like I blanked, uh, like I, I don't think I have an addiction to do. I still have my barriers in place. I still have my uh, gam stock, I still have my gam ban. Um, so I have everything in place, but in terms of like waking up, I wouldn't wake. I don't wake up and and, and think to myself, "Oh, I'm I'm Nathan. I've got this." And right. I, I feel like for me, it was it was better for just trying sort of forget about it and um and, and it's worked for me. And I know from people I speak to in the gambling world, you know, every everyone's different. Some people yeah. know the, the day and the hour of when they stop betting. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you the day I stopped betting. Right. I I never kept track of it. Yeah. So, I think everyone's different, and and how they how they recover, and how 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 um how they look at things, and obviously you know yourself. You're probably you might be different to me. Yeah, in, I'm a in how bit, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I know the exact. I always say when um March the 9th comes round every year, I always say it's the only birthday that matters. Because if I didn't have that birthday, I wouldn't be fucking have the thing, the great things I got in my life, like two kids. I won't be wishing my daughter off to Australia next week. You have things like that, but I do the one day at a time, and it just shows all addicts got their own way, and it's what works for you. Yeah, definitely. Johnny, I, I did. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. That was me again. <laughs> Yeah. Is there anything you want to add, John, before we... No, no, it's, it's one of them things, there's nothing I can add to that, is there? It's the, yeah. You two know it better than anyone, but no, I summed it up well then, Nathan. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. Well, Nathan, thanks for coming on tonight. I hope you've enjoyed sharing. Um, yeah, I have, yeah. 
your, your story. I always enjoy talking. You know, people ask me, I always talk about it and feel, I don't know, I get a strange sort of restrained feeling afterwards. It's all my, I don't know what it is, but you sort of, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but you feel different afterwards. But yeah, um, yeah, it's brilliant. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get you on in a few months and we'll talk proper boxing then, three minutes each round. You've been a tremendous yeah. guest tonight and it's really good that you've shared and I hope you, you know, you get something out of it. And John, thank you as ever, mate. Although I think, the first half, it was your show, John, and the second half. We... But, um, John, can you get hold of Denzel for us next couple of weeks? Give him a text, yeah. See what he says. But, John, thanks very much, as always, for, for coming on tonight as my co-host. Um, most of all, thank you to Nathan for uh, being a brilliant guest. And thank everyone who's watching. And if you have got an issue like, you know, gambling, alcohol, you can contact me on booze. And if you've got a gambling problem, just find Nathan on, on Instagram. I think you're on Twitter as well, aren't you? And I'm yeah, sure... I always try and point people in the right direction, yeah. And he'll put you in the right direction. But thanks very much, and thank you, John. Thank you, Nathan. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.